Hello, this is Nicole Flamer, and this is Odd to Know, episode two. Today, we are going to talk about what is a waiver, and then I'm going to share a little bit about my waiver experience thus far. So, what is a waiver? Uh, if you are in the disability community for any length in time, you may hear the term waiver, and you may think, what is it? So I again, this is going to be infused with my experience. So I will tell you, I have three children on the autism spectrum, uh, ages 21, 18, and 14. And I did not find out about waivers. I had heard about waivers in passing, but nothing in depth. Um, I first learned about them when my oldest son, my or my son, my oldest child, who is now 21, was probably around 14 or 15. By that time, we'd been in uh, special education, um, so uh, social security, um, all different sorts of services and agencies for at least 10 years by then. And the first time I ever heard talk of a waiver was when he was 13 or 14 years old. And it wasn't from any of the myriad of doctors, therapists, um, support workers, teachers. It wasn't from any of them. It was from another parent. So that is, that is kind of telling about the the information that's available. Now, here's the funny thing. If you know what you're looking for, there's a ton of information on the internet. And I will leave some links to this information so you can do your own research. But as far as the people that I had looked to for guidance and information, people who knew my personal um, struggles with finding care and um, with working and, and providing caregiving duties, I would have to say that 100% of them let me down as far as giving me this information, which is going to become very important for my son and could have been helpful in the past if we had known about it before. So with that as the setup, let's talk about what a waiver is. Okay, so a waiver, now I'm pulling this from a couple of different websites because I have a fundamental understanding um, which you probably have and those who are more experienced or know or have heard of it or have dealt with it probably know more. But this is a basics. There's no loopholes or tricks or, 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 or information that's not public. This is from uh, the Department of Human Services website and also from um, PA.gov. This is where I'm getting my information and then a couple of other um, resources that I have. And I'll, like I said, I'll list them in the um in the description for this episode. Okay, so waivers offer an array of services and benefits such as choice of qualified providers, due process and health and health and safety assurances. The name waiver comes from the fact that the federal government actually waives medical assistance slash Medicaid rules for institutional care in order for Pennsylvania to use those same funds to provide supports and services for people closer to home and in their own communities. So that's what the basis of. It is a funding stream that we have access to or individuals with disabilities have access to so that they are to avoid institutionalization. Now, Pennsylvania has decommissioned 
the majority of their institutions. I think there's only a few open, but this is an alternative to keep people with disabilities in their home communities, in their homes, excuse me, in their own homes and taking care of their own services, or at least family members are directing their own services. So there's certain, there is approximately, and this is from the Department of Human Services, 11 waivers, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, you guys now know I can count. So there's approximately, I mean, there's 11 waivers, but not each waiver has their own um, a set of eligibility requirements and they offer different things, right? So now we're going to switch gears to the different types of waivers. I'm going to read them off. Not all of these are applicable. There's the adult autism waiver. There is an aging waiver, alternatives to nursing home. There's an attendant care waiver, community living waiver, consolidated waiver, independence waiver, infant toddlers and families waiver, Medicaid waivers for intellectual disability supports and services, the OBRA waiver, and the Person Family Directed Supports waiver. Now, I'll tell you one area where I had some issue was finding each waiver has some sort of financial limitation. So this is where I had a problem of trying to find information of the limits for each waiver. Um, the one that they were very, what they were public about on the um, uh, P, the Department of Human Services um, website was the Person Family Directed Support Waiver. So let me explain to you what this is. The Pennsylvania Person Family Directed Support Waiver is designed to help individuals with intellectual disabilities, autism, or developmental disabilities to live more independently in their homes and communities and to provide a variety of services that promote community living, including self-directed service models and traditional agency-based service models. Now, here's the eligibility. There is no age limit for individuals with an intellectual disability or autism. That means that if your person has a diagnosis as early as two or three, you can uh, apply for this waiver. Now, see, initially, this is where I'm interjecting my experience. I was told that my child would not be eligible for a waiver until they were 21. Yes, I was told that by several people. Um, uh, They said I could apply for it, but they would not be able to get one until after they graduated, fully graduated out of school at 21. So we ended up actually applying for a waiver uh, when Cyrus was about 13 or 14 years old and he was on, he was then put on a waiting list and we'll get into that a little bit more as well. But anyway, so level of care, um, here's the eligibility. So there's no age limit. You have to have a medical evaluation, a diagnosis of an intellectual disability, autism or developmental disability. You'd be recommended for intermediate care facility, ICF level of care based on your medical evaluation, determine eligible for medical assistance, meet the financial requirements as determined by your local county assistance office, and have in, uh, the cost limits for the PFDS or person family directed support waiver is $33,000 per person per fiscal year. Uh, it excludes supports coordination and supports broker services. The limit can be exceeded by 15,000 for advanced support 
employment or supported employment services. Okay, so um, the services are, there's a whole list of services. I'm not even going to take the time to read. Like I said, I'll have a link to this. But here's the thing. For the last, I don't know, 15 years, I have been struggling trying to manage work and caregiving responsibilities. At a certain point, your individual with disability is not eligible for daycare anymore, but you still need daycare because they're not able to stay home by themselves. So this is actually was the reason why I started a nonprofit. It was started off as an as a uh, special needs daycare and we morphed it into something else. But the reason was because we didn't have adequate care. I didn't have adequate care for my child and then children. Now, had I had a person in family directed support waiver with $33,000 to help provide for care for my kid, I might have (laughs) financially been in a better position than I am, you know, or that, you know, that I ended up being as a result of not being able to um, keep certain jobs or be able to stay at certain places or even to be able to pursue my career in in the way that I initially intended. But everything happens for a reason. So we're not going to cry over spilt milk. But my point is, is I didn't know about this. There's no age limit on this, right? And I didn't find out about this. And I'm a pretty well-educated individual. I didn't find out about it until my son was 13 years old. And no professional person told me about it. That is the other thing. So I'm going to read to you from another um, document. And this is what does the intellectual disability system look like? Now, this is the system that sees over these waivers. So the ID system is a part of the Office of Developmental Programs. That's ODP. They're the people who administer the waiver, so to speak, within the Pennsylvania Department of Public Welfare. Okay, you'll access the ID system through a county office that is partnered with a regional office. Currently, there are four regional offices within the state of Pennsylvania that partner with 48 county offices. If you happen to be listening to this and you are outside of the state of Pennsylvania, I do also have a link where you can do a search for your state to find out about your waiver services. This is federal monies that gets distributed through the state and that's how it comes to us. So this, this is available in every state. So, but I'm talking about Pennsylvania, but I do have a link if you're interested for the other states. You will need to register in the county where you live in order to officially become part of the ID system. This will allow you to request services and supports to meet your needs. You can find, um, hold on, see. If you are unable to figure out what county office will be able to help you register, there's a telephone number. I'll also list that. Um, let's see. The Office of Developmental Programs sets policy and guidelines for the county and regional offices to administer and implement ID programs. These policies are published and distributed through bulletins, memos, and informational packets issued by the state office. Now, just a little bit on the funding. The Office of Developmental Programs is funded through your tax dollars. You will most likely hear discussions about funding in the ID system using the term waiver. The waiver program, which is most of the funding available in the system, is a combination of federal Medicaid monies and state monies. You may also hear the term of base funding when talking about funding. Base money is a small amount of money the county office can spend at its discretion. So that is, I'm going to stop here 
I'm going to call this part one of waivers because I, it's, it's a lot of information and I don't want this to be overwhelming. So if you have questions about what we've discussed here, you can reach me at ought.toknow at gmail.com and you can uh, share your questions. If you have comments, please leave any comments on the podcasting platform where you are listening to this or on Facebook. Um, So I will continue this discussion on waivers and how they work. We'll go into some of the other waivers and some of the other monetary limits and how to get yourself involved or get your loved one involved in the system more in depth. And I am working on bringing a guest who um, is knowledgeable about waivers to uh, that I'm going to ask some questions. If you have questions that you want to ask this guest that I'm going to bring on, please send them to me at ought.tonow at gmail.com. That's A-U-T period T-O-K-N-O-W at gmail.com. So thank you for listening for today's show. I want to keep these short, uh, long drawn out, tedious information does not work well in a podcast format. So I will not will not punish you like that. Uh, Stay tuned for episode two, where we continue the waiver talk. Thanks. This is Nicole Flamer. And this is Ought to Know.